Hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of Two Talking Teachers LCPE. My name is Mary Gagan and we have Amory Logue here with us as well. How are you today Amory? I'm getting on good, how are you? Not too bad now at all, not too bad, getting through the week. Um, right, introduce today's topic to us though. Okay, so we're going through the last part of topic 2B which is the principles of training. So today's focus is going to be on the strategies to support recovery and adaptation in an athlete. And also, we're going to be looking at periodization. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Right. I guess we'll get started straight away. Okay. So today, we're going to look at the strategies to support recovery and adaptation. So both coaches and athletes must employ a wide range of strategies to ensure that they're getting the maximum recovery from their training and also the maximum adaptation, whether this is muscles, strength or endurance or so forth. Okay. So there are a few different strategies that we can use, and there's eight that are listed in the Leave Insert PE book. So I'm just going to go through them now. Number one, sleep. Number two, napping. Number three, relaxation techniques. Number four, cold water immersion. Number five, compression garments. Number six, contrast bathing. Number seven, active recovery. And number eight, tapering. So we're going to look at each of these in detail now. So number one, sleep. We should be getting six to eight hours of sleep is needed for adequate rest, recovery, and the ideal physiological environment for adaptation. Okay. Number two, napping. If you struggle to get the block of sleep required in one go, napping can be prescribed. So napping is beneficial for all athletes, and they say that a required um, 20 to 30 minute nap is useful to help improve recovery rates and mental focus. Now, you should be avoiding naps that last longer than 30 minutes, as this can impact on the quality of sleep at night. So you should be aiming to get one big block of sleep. And if you can't, or if you are just not able to sleep for that large period of time, napping is a good substitute. Number three, relaxation techniques. So an athlete must learn to manage stress. So we know that there are stresses from daily lives, but also there can be p- uh, pressure from external environments or uh, you know your own internal um, stresses or pressures on yourself. So work-life relationship stressors can have a negative impact on sleep and nutrition quality. So it can in- actually impact the ability to train and recover well. So would you believe that stress can actually affect your recovery? Relaxation techniques such as mindfulness can aid in your recovery and adaptation. And we know we've all heard of the likes of those apps like um, Calm or Headspace or even just um, listening to that relaxation music on Spotify. Number four, cold water immersion. So we should know that that is like fully immersing your body in the cold water. So ice baths are used for this and it's a really common recovery method, especially after a really particularly hard training session. Um, athletes can get into an ice bath for five to 10 minutes after a difficult session, match or race or performance um, because lactic acid can build up in the muscles and it needs to be removed for um, recovery to, to take place. So the cold water actually causes the blood vessels to contract. So that means um, for them to tighten and it drains the blood, removing some of the lactic acid that has built up during the activity. Once the athlete leaves the ice bath, the ice bath, excuse me, 
the blood vessels will again expand, so get bigger, and fill with fresh oxygenated blood. So that's blood that has oxygen in it. So the oxygen refreshes the muscles and helps the cells to function better, reducing the soreness and recovery time. Number five, compression garments. So these have definitely gotten popular in the last few years. So these are used to uh, improve your blood circulation and to avoid pro- problems such as deep thrain from thrombosis. So I can never say that. Um, and you might see these in runners, especially they might wear these socks that come all the way up around their calves. Um, and that's how you can spot them. Um, they aid in recovery by helping to remove the la- lactic acid from the blood and reducing both inflammation and symptoms associated with DOMS. There is limited limited research to support the use of con, uh, compression garments in sports. So sometimes you can actually be asked that in a short question. Um, what's your view on compression garments? Because there isn't much out there. So they want you to, I suppose, um, develop your own opinion on that. Number six, contrast bathing. So contrasting um, from cold water immersion to warm water immersion. Um, so what you do is you submerge yourself in the cold water for a period of time and you follow this with a period of... Um, warm water submersion okay so we repeat this a number of times and the whole purpose of this is to flush the lactic acid and other waste products out of the muscles and reduce the muscle soreness so you've heard that word now lactic acid a few times um, because that is what actually causes us that pain in the recovery or the muscle soreness number seven active recovery so this helps to flush the waste material out of the muscles following an activity so we'll engage in light aerobic exercises that increase the blood flow and this heats up the muscles and stimulates the hormones that aid in recovery so there are two different approaches to active recovery so number one is the lighter training day so you would reduce the training volume and the intensity for the athlete and research supports that a lighter training day can actually, um, in many instances, improve recovery time better than a rest day. So would you believe that actually training the next day can be better than just having a complete rest day? And then there's another option there. Number two is active rest days. So this involves um, general non-strenuous physical activity or movement in a less structured training environment. So, you know, you might go for a walk, um, or you might just do something really light to make sure your body's still moving, so to avoid you getting that stiffness. Um, so that you should avoid cardiorespiratory or weightlifting activities or activities that the athlete is not accustomed to because we all know if we try something new, let's say like something like um, bouldering or rock climbing, then you're using muscles that you wouldn't normally use, okay? So stay away from something that you're not accustomed to because you might find a different soreness because you're using different muscles, okay? And lastly, number eight there is tapering. So what is tapering? This is used prior to an event or a competition. It allows the athlete to alleviate fatigue and maximize recovery so they can perform at their peak in time for the event. So basically what you do is you reduce the amount of training, the volume of training. And we've heard of this before as well in terms of like carb loading. So you would increase the amount of carbs that you were intaking and you would taper off your training. So you'd reduce the amount of training that you were doing. So you were saving up that um, the glycogen stores there. So carefully planning of the reduction in training volume and intensity in the days immediately prior to the competition. And it's most common in endurance sports. So you really would just reduce the amount of training that you would do there just to make sure that you're conserving your energy and that your body is in peak physical condition.
So that is our eight different strategies that we can use to support and recovery and adaptation there. Okay, so now we're going to look at periodization. So this is where a coach and the athlete plans the training program using periodization, which is the bigger picture. So what they do is they divide up their training year into specific sessions for a set purpose. So we're going to have to look at an example to explain this in better detail, but there are three sections in periodization and they're called cycles and their names are the macro cycle, meso cycle and micro cycle. So we'll start with the macro cycle and this is the big picture. So this could mean the duration of the season for an entire four year build up to an Olympics. So we're looking at the four year um, period there as the macro cycle. Or if we're looking at maybe a Gaelic footballer, we can look at the, the macro cycle as the whole season, that one year. Um, so it, dep- it will vary in different sports. Okay, um, The meso cycle is when the coach actually takes smaller sections within um, the macro cycle. So they might break it up into three different um, smaller sections. And for a Gaelic footballer, we could look at the pre-season, the in-season period, and then the transition period. Okay, so pre-season is obviously before matches. The in-season is when they're actually playing, whether it's league or championship. And the transition period when they go from um, finishing their their league or their championship and going then into the the pre-season period again for the next year. Okay, and then the micro cycle is when we actually break down the meso cycle again into smaller periods. So we might look at a one week period in terms of um, the pre-season. Okay, so we're breaking those smaller sections down into even smaller, more manageable pieces. Okay, so it involves the description of what the athlete will do each day or within each week. Okay, and the micro cycle will repeat over um, and over again. So we look at, you know, in the, in the, the preseason period, we might be looking at a six week or eight week preseason period. And it's just breaking down what will the athlete do each day or each week within that um, eight week period. Okay, so there's a few different examples in your Leave Insert P book there of a periodization plan. There's one for a soccer player and there's also one for an international hurdler. Um, And it's good to have a little look at those. So for the soccer player, we're looking at, well, when they're doing their pre-season, they will be trying to develop strength and develop power because these are very important components of fitness for a soccer player. And then what they're trying to do um, in their competition uh, mesocycle phase is that they're trying to maintain that strength and power um, and then they might even be trying to Im- improve or develop their speed and agility within the competition stage um, and then maintain that until they get to their end of the competition and they're looking at resting then in the transition phase okay and then when we look at um, I suppose the international hurdler they're going to have a slightly different um, process there because they want to make sure that they're doing general conditioning and mobility at the very um, start of the year. And then they want to make sure that at their, their, they're targeting their competitions for their peak performance. Um, and it's really important for them when they are um, trying to plan out their year that they are at an absolute optimum performance when it comes to competition time or when it comes to time trials or um, qualifying rounds. Okay, So just have to be careful in terms of what sport they are asking you to relate the periodization to that it is specific to that sport. Okay, so this brings us to the quick fire round of topic 2B. 
So as always, I'm going to call out some questions. I'm going to repeat the question and then I'm going to follow it up with a little pause afterwards where you can either answer it out loud if you're on your own or answer it in your head if you're out in public or out for a walk. So question one, define the term periodization, naming and explaining the three cycles. Define the term periodization by naming and explaining the three cycles. Question two, explain what compression garments are used for. Explain what compression garments are used for. Question three, describe the term active recovery using two examples to support your answer. Describe the term active recovery using two examples to support your answer. And finally, question four, describe how stretching can assist in an athlete's recovery. Describe how stretching can assist in an athlete's recovery. Now remember guys, if there's any of those questions that you cannot answer or you don't know the answer to, you can always rewind and listen back to the content. Right, guys, so we look at our current fare for today um, and it's obviously based on our periodization. Um, so Anne-Marie there, you talked to us through the three cycles with the micro, the meso and the macro. Um, funnily enough, not the menstrual cycle, as one of my lads said uh, in class the other day, very confidently as well, I might say. So if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, so I suppose we have the perfect example um, of periodization and how coaches uh, create their their training plans for their athletes with the Olympics um, this year. Um, so obviously the Olympics goes in a four-year cycle. Um, it was obviously supposed to be in 2020, but you know, good old COVID uh, threw a spanner in the works there. Um, so it's, it's turned into a five-year plan now. So we'd have coaches I suppose, completely having to look at the plan when when COVID hit last year and completely changing it then to, to I suppose, try ensure that the athletes um, are, are, are ready to go, they don't lose motivation um, and that they don't lose any sort of fitness or whatever it might be. Yeah, so just relating it back to what we've just covered there, the macro cycle is the big picture. And for these Olympic athletes, the four years is the big picture. And within that big picture, they then break it down into a year long and they have a goal or a target to, I suppose, improve or maintain uh, within that year. And it's just totally thrown them completely off because that four year has now changed into a five year and they could have broken their um, their goals down into smaller components if they had predicted it. Now, obviously, no one could predict that this was ever going to happen. But yeah, it definitely would have thrown them off completely. And even um, motivation or a psychological prep as well like that is going to have uh, negative effects on them um, and it's those athletes that have to deal with this uh, along with their coaches yeah so athletes need to be really careful there as well I suppose because 
this time last year, you know, they'd be kind of, I suppose, building up to the qualifying championships and that to make sure they've gotten the times or the speeds or whatever it might be to get through to the Olympics. Um, you know, not everyone can just rock up and, and they're in the Olympics. They have to qualify in competitions building up to that. Um, so I guess it's kind of the maintaining that fitness and maintaining um, that strength and speed whatever it is that covering that same distance over this extra year I suppose that they had to put on to their whole um, plan their whole uh, macro cycle I suppose overall and uh, we've had great success there now in the last couple of weeks where we've had divers qualify we've had the mixed relay team qualify so you know it's looking good for team Ireland actually and you know I suppose over the years yes we've had lots of people compete and we've had lots of medals um but for such a small country, you know, uh, we, we haven't had as many as some of the, 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 the other bigger uh, populated countries. So it's looking good for, for Team Ireland this year. So, you know, hoping it goes ahead. What do you think, Amory? Oh, fingers crossed it goes ahead. It'd be lovely to have something like that to to obviously watch on the telly as a, as a spectator. But um, I know there recently they in the news they were talking about the Irish uh, Olympians getting their vaccine, which is a positive. Yeah, so they kind of made a, made a deal as such that I think between the athletes themselves and the, the you know their coaches and the background teams and that it would be in the small hundreds as such. So they, they kind of said, well, look, we'll go with it and we will vaccinate them. Um, so, you know, that's pretty good. Look, at if it was in the thousands and there was vulnerable people missing out or having to be delayed, different story. But a couple of hundred people, it's not too bad, in my opinion. But I am a sports fan. Yeah, same as that. So I think we're a little bit biased. But I, I think at this stage, everyone's um, elderly people are, are vaccinated at this stage and anyone who's vulnerable has gone through the process now of getting their first vaccine at least um so fingers crossed and we'll keep them crossed for the entire duration there and um, we'll leave it there will we mary yep absolutely okay bye